podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday in the week before the World Cup kicks off. We have a little bit of Liverpool-related news. Curtis Jones is set to be offered a new contract by the club. Paul Joyce has reported that last night. And of course, because it's Curtis, that has led to more split in view over who he is, what he is, whether he's worth a new contract and all the rest. Curtis is currently contracted to the club until 2025, having signed a new deal in 2020. He will turn 22 years of age in January and doesn't earn big money. So it makes sense to give him this contract because it's not going to add a whole lot of years to his current deal. It might add one, maybe two, but it will increase his wage. That will hopefully lead to an an increase in his confidence level. And a confident Curtis Jones is a decent player. We've seen him be a decent player for us. There's obviously flaws in his game, but he's 21. All 21-year-olds have flaws in their game. Lionel Messi had flaws in his game at 21. At 21, you hadn't heard of Zinedine Zidane. So I'm not saying Curtis is going to be that level of player, but when the greats aren't the finished article at 21, maybe we should have a little bit more patience with other young players. Curtis has been really unfortunate with injuries. There's no way to look at his career at Liverpool and view it any other way. This season, he's missed most of the year due to some sort of stress-related issue in in his leg. Last season, he had multiple injuries, including that eye injury that kept him out for three months. And... These are unusual injuries. Like the eye injury was a freak incident. This stress fracture or whatever it is, it's a bit of a freak incident. When he plays, he can be he can be good for us. We know his decision-making isn't where it needs to be. Everybody's aware of that fact. We know he needs to learn when to release the ball. But in terms of his press resistance... He's pretty strong in that area. He's pretty good at winning the ball back. He shows a decent level of intelligence off the ball, far more so than, say, Harvey or Fabio Carvalho do. Now, he's obviously a little bit older than them, but he's got a bit more maturity about him as well. 
there's definitely scope for his improvement. I think he could be more benefit or more efficient and more effective for us on the right side of the midfield three than on the left side of the midfield three. Because I think when he's on the left side of the midfield three, he gets a little bit too caught up in ball retention. And he kind of nullifies the natural attacking ability that he has. Remember, this kid came through our academy as a 10 who could also play left wing. When he gets the ball in the final third, you can see he knows what it is he wants to do. There's just a little bit of hesitation about him. But he's more than capable of beating two or three players with his dribbling. He's a good passer when he picks the right option. Jürgen has tried to make him into something he's not. He's tried to repeat the trick of Ginny Wijnaldum with Curtis. And unfortunately, it hasn't done Curtis any favours. It's also meant that Curtis has played less because Ginny was always fit. Naby is better on the left. Thiago likes to play on the left. So Curtis has never really been able to have a fair crack at trying to break through. Whereas if he'd been given the chance to play on the right, with Henderson and the form he's been in, he definitely could have gotten more of a run. With Ox and his injuries and his form, Curtis definitely could have gotten more games. Harvey's getting those games now. Curtis is more suited to that right-sided midfield role than Harvey is because Harvey's not a midfield player. He's played roughly 2,500 Premier League minutes, which for a 21-year-old is very, very low. He's got three goals and three assists in that time. He's played about 700 minutes in the Champions League. He's got a goal and five assists, which is decent output. About 770 minutes in the FA Cup, two goals and an assist. Around 600 minutes in the EFL Cup, two goals and an assist. When he gets on the pitch, he can make an impact. He just doesn't get on the pitch enough. And when he does, it's not in the right areas for him to impact the game. Now, we can't afford to give him the minutes that he needs consistently to develop if we want to win major honours. We shouldn't really be giving them to Harvey either because regardless of the fact that they do good things, they also do a lot of bad things. Harvey in particular, while pretty good on the ball, is atrocious off the ball and is a complete black hole defensively. Teams just feast on the area of the pitch that he leaves vacant. Teams run past him because he's not quick enough. He doesn't have the the nous, doesn't have the experience to know where he's meant to be. He tries hard. He runs a lot, but he runs into the wrong areas and does the wrong things. The same is, is was true of Curtis back at that age, but he's benefited from playing that left-sided role defensively. And if he could bring that to the right side and reawaken his natural attacking game, which, remember, 
has seen him be very, very effective at Premier League 2 level. Now, I know it is under-21s, but 13 goals and 6 assists in 32 games in 2,700 minutes, it's a pretty decent return. He was exceptionally good in the UEFA Youth League, exceptionally good at under-18 level. It would be nice to see if he could translate any of that into the first team in a more attacking role, which that right-sided midfield role would offer him. And I think having him and Trent on the right would give us a nice balance. Curtis's ability to carry the ball, Trent's passing ability, Curtis's willingness to track runners could give Trent the help that he doesn't get with either Harvey or Henderson. So I'm in favour of the new contract, but I would like to see him go on loan. If he's not going to get minutes in that position, I'd like to see him go on loan. He's not ready to start there every week. But we don't have anybody who actually is good enough or ready enough to start there every week. Henderson's not good enough. Ox is not good enough. Harvey's not ready. And maybe Curtis is the one who's the best option, but for whatever reason doesn't get the chances. Now, I know he does have a preference to play on the left side of the pitch because he likes to cut in field. But frankly, when he cuts in field and shoots from 30 yards, it does my head in. So I'd rather see him play on the right where that's less of an option for him. He's a decent crosser of the ball. So he could play in to out and overlap around Mo and get crosses in for Darwin. He's good in tight situations. So you get a little bit of interplay between him and Mo in that half space. And then you've got Trent coming from behind with one of the best passing ranges in world football. So if he's not going to get chances there, I'd like to see him go on loan. I've been saying it all along. I said it in the summer. He should have gone on loan then. I would still loan him out next season. I would probably loan him if I could for two years and see what he can do. Try and get him 70 starts under his belt and see what he can do at a decent level, be it Premier League, There'd definitely be Premier League clubs that would take him, be it Bundesliga, which could be very beneficial for him. I mean, if it was the type of thing that could seal a deal for Bellingham, send him there for two years. If it was the type of thing that could seal a deal for Manu Kone, send him to Gladbach for two years. I'd be almost certain Brighton would have interest. So if we were taking Caicedo send Curtis there, even for 18 months in January, and let him develop. But he's got to get games. He's just got to get games. Because when he plays a game and then comes out of the team and then comes on as a sub and then comes out and goes on as a sub and then is asked to start again and has had 20 minutes in the previous month, he's not going to just seamlessly fit in because he's not going to be in rhythm. And he is the type of player that does need a bit of rhythm. If you think back to the 2021 season when everybody was getting injured and Thiago was injured and all the centre-backs were hurt and Bobby was having to play at centre-back, Curtis was playing quite regularly in midfield. And once he got a bunch of games under his belt, he was starting to show a decent level. And that's probably the last time we've seen it because it's the last time he was starting regularly. Last season was very stop-start with the injuries. This season has been just stop. 
because he hasn't gotten to play. So contract, good. But let's get the lad out on loan. Let's get him some minutes. As I've said before, it, like when people get frustrated with him, you have to remember that he is a kid as a professional footballer. That's what he is. He is a kid as a professional footballer. Despite the fact he's going to turn 22, you're looking at senior minutes of... Say 2,400, 700, that's 31, 8 and 6, about 4,500 minutes of senior football. Now, that's about a season and a bit of games. He made his debut in 18, 19, 1920. Harvey Elliott, on the flip side, has played more minutes in his career as a senior footballer than Curtis Jones. And Harvey's over two years younger. Now, admittedly, a lot of Harvey's came in the championship, but there's still senior minutes against men. Harvey's over 5,000 minutes at senior level. Curtis sits around 4,500. And Harvey missed a big old chunk of a season with an injury. So it's not like he's had no bad luck. He's two over two years younger, missed four months or whatever it was, five months with that injury. Again, he barely played at the end of last season. It was him and Curtis rotating for a spot on the bench. But that season out on loan gave him much-needed experience that Curtis hasn't been able to get playing every single week. Curtis has never had that. In that championship season, Harvey played 41 games just under tw- in the championship, uh, just under 2,800 minutes. That 2,800 minutes is more than Curtis has played in the Premier League in three seasons. Those 41 games, Curtis has played 39, uh, sorry, 49 Premier League games in three or four seasons. So even if it's a championship loan, whatever, get the lad out, get him playing regularly. And that's the best way for him to develop, not not coming on for 10 minutes here and there. So I'm in favour of the contract, is, is what I'm saying. Um, speaking of that right-sided midfield role, there's a, a link today between Mason Mount and Liverpool. So Mason Mount has just over 18 months left on his contract, contract up in 2024. Negotiations seemingly at a complete standstill. And Chelsea are going to have to start considering what they do. Because if the negotiations are at a standstill because Mount is hesitant about committing his future... Chelsea might have to consider a sale. I don't expect they'd consider it in January, but it might be worth kicking the tires on. But certainly next summer, if he hasn't signed a new contract by next summer, Liverpool should absolutely be making a move for Mason Mount. Because he is the ideal right-sided eight for Klopp. Hard-working, rarely injured, 
intelligent and offers serious output. So you look at Mason Mount over the last number of years, starting in 1718, where he spent uh, a season on loan at Vietas Arnhem when he was kind of 17, 18 years of age. 14 goals and 10 assists in 3,000 minutes. The following season, he goes on loan to Derby. Plays about 3,850 minutes, 11 goals and six assists, six assists in 44 games. 1920, then his first season in the Premier League. He's eight and six in 53 games. And again, he's about 37, 3,800 minutes. 2021. Nine goals, nine assists, 54 appearances, about 42 and a half, 100 minutes. Last season, 53 appearances, 13 goals, 16 assists, and about 3,800 minutes. So doesn't get injured, rarely misses a game, and it's 57 goals and 53 assists since the beginning of the 17-18 season. Last season, he missed four games through injury. He had a minor knock, missed 10 days, and an ankle issue caused him to miss one game in February. And in 1920, he missed one game with an ankle issue. He also missed two games with an ankle issue at Derby. Now that Maybe that's a concern if it's the same ankle. Maybe there's an issue there. But if it is, it's caused him to miss four games. And he's had one other knock that caused him to miss three. So seven injury, seven games missed through injury since the beginning of 17-18. We have lads that have missed that many games already this season. All of our midfielders have missed many more games than that since the beginning of 1780, all of them. Milner, Henderson, Thiago, Fab, Ox, Naby, Curtis, Harvey, they've all missed much more games than that over that time. He's playing 50 games a season, though, and doing it at a high level. Now, this season, he's not been anywhere close to his normal self. And what's he played? Uh, 21 games, about 1,450 minutes, He's only got two goals, but he does have six assists, four of them in the Champions League. But the problem he has at Chelsea is where he's being used. He's playing as one of the front three, and it doesn't suit him at all. He needs to be deeper. He needs to have that ability to arrive into the box behind the play, find a bit of space, and get goals. That's where he's at his best. That's when he looks most confident. And that's where he's really effective. Potter's playing him as part of a front three. And he's ahead of the ball far too often. It just doesn't suit him. Tuchel wasted him in part like that as well. Mount is either a 10 and a 4-2-3-1 or an 8 and a 4-3-3. That's where you get the best of him. You could also get a lot of good from him 
as a narrow right-sided one in a midfield four. He's such a good player. And his age, his profile, everything fits. I've I've always felt that what we needed in midfield, even when we had the the title win and the Champions League win, you were looking at ways to improve the team. You should always be looking at ways to improve your team. And the thing that always screamed out to me was, we need somebody in midfield who can add more goals. We can't continually rely on the front three because they will age, they will decline. And obviously we saw with Sadio and Bobby, we saw them decline. We've obviously replenished, but you know Darwin's still young and raw. Diaz is out injured. Jot is injured and has injury problems a lot of years. We needed someone from midfield who could step up. And I always thought, well, everyone would say, oh, we needed Gerrard. Imagine Gerrard in this team. And obviously it would have been outrageous. It would have been outrageous to have Gerrard. But I just thought, what we actually need is a Lampard. We don't need someone that can do everything. Because we have Trent, we have Robbo, we have a much better team than Gerrard played in. We need a Lampard. Because what Ginny and Fab would provide for Henderson, who had that more free role to get forward, was quite similar to what Chelsea would get from Makaleli and Essien. Now, Essien obviously a bit more dynamic and more of a, a power player, but just in, t- in terms of the platform that they'd set to allow that other midfielder to bomb forward and get goals, I thought, we have that. We've got the right type of number nine in Bobby at that point to benefit a Lampard type because Bobby drops out, Lampard, Lamp- someone like Lampard would fill that space. Mo's a creative player. Sadio's a creative player. We've got the two best creative fullbacks, maybe ever, in terms of Robbo as a crossing machine, who's also very, very good at things like cutbacks, and then Trent, who will finish his career as maybe the second best fullback ever, because no one's touching Maldini ever. But Trent might be number two, and probably the best right back ever. But all we need is someone that can arrive off the ball, doesn't need to be involved in the build-up, but makes the difference in that penalty box area. Lampard would have been perfect. So who were the modern-day Lampards? Well, Bruno Fernandes was one, and he would have been a sensation. Now, he obviously would have driven people up the wall with the, the antics and the diving, but he might not feel the need to do those things as much with us as he does with United because he wouldn't be surrounded by garbage. But Lampard, or but Mason Mount is the other one who fits that bill. And if you think about, like, Mount is 23. Yeah, 23. He'll be 24 in January. You look at Frank Lampard, age 24. What year was Frank born? 78, so 2002. He was scoring 10, 6, 14, 9, 7, 8. He didn't really explode until he hit 25. Mount's numbers to date are better than Lampard's numbers 
at the same age. I really do think that Mason Mount in the right team is 15 goals and 10 assists every single year, like clockwork, with the potential to have the odd 20-goal season. He might never hit Lampard's run of five seasons of 20-plus. He might never get 27-plus. But if he's 10 to 12 a season in the league and then 3 to 5 in the other competitions plus getting 10 assists across the board, that would be hugely beneficial. F- 57 goals and 53 and fifty-three assists at this point in his career is really, really promising. Now, he's played a lot of minutes, but he doesn't look like the type who, you know, with... with Delhi, there was always questions over the attitude. There was questions over the the aptitude and the discipline and how how committed was he to being a great player. Mount seems committed. Mount has scored more goals in his career than Jordan Henderson and is only 19 assists shy. Henderson has played most of his career as an eight, as an attacking player. It's not to disparage Henderson at all. It's just to show the jump that you could get by putting in a Mason Mount over someone like him. Uh, This is Anfield have an exclusive interview with Henderson. He's obviously doing the rounds for his book. So uh, give those a a check out there. Journalist claims Mason Mount interest, but Liverpool move unlikely. Why would the move be unlikely? I think that's just the opinion of Jack Lusby. And frankly, I think if Mason Mount was on the market or even a hint of him being on the market, I think Klopp would push for us to go all in on him. Uh, Scotland coach on plan to fast track Ben Doak. Uh, Scott Gemmell has explained that there are mutual plans between Scotland and Liverpool to fast track this ridiculously promising young player who should have us all really excited. He really should. The speed, the bravery, the ambition of the kid, just fantastic. Uh, Liverpool confirm new deal for 19-year-old midfielder Dominic Cornes, uh, who's been regularly training with the first team. It's one to keep an eye on. Aaron Ramsey made his Scotland debut. Andy Robertson got an assist. So all going very, very well there. Uh, Ozan Kabak scored for Turkey in the game. First ever goal for his country. Um, game end 2-1. Yeah, looks like it ended 2-1 to, to the, th- the Turks. So um, in fairness, they've, they've got quite a good team. They've got quite a good team. Uh, Liverpool Loney scores brilliant volleyed winner against MLS club. Leighton, Car- Leighton Clarkson scored for um, for Aberdeen. Fair play. He's having a good loan. Seems to have found a level that really suits him. He struggled at Blackburn. The pace of the championship seemed a bit too much for him, but he seems to be really, really enjoying life 
north of the border. And maybe that's a move that we look to make permanent for for his good and, and you know, to get a bit of money in. Jurgen Klopp has a European champion who is about to get a Virgil van Dijk chance at Liverpool. Bob. Let's have a look. Jurgen Klopp will be working with a reduced Liverpool group for the next few weeks. And one European champion may be able to shine in the absence of Virgil van Dijk. Oh, Gerald Kwanz, of course, was part of that England under-19 team. Uh, he does look a very promising young centre-back, to be fair. And he does look suited to how we like to play. Whether or not he develops, we'll have to wait and see. Jude Bellingham can give wildcard asset test and lead Liverpool to more midfield transfer goals. There's a picture there of Tyler Adams. Um, potential new Liverpool owners send clear message, yada, yada. Pep and Linda's just confirmed major Jurgen Klopp boost. Luis Diaz is back uh, under pretty close to uh, full training. Um, I think the players are having a little bit of a break and then he'll pretty much come back and be involved. Liverpool are sidestepping Philippe Coutinho transfer problem as new contract begins rebuild. It's about Curtis Jones. Uh, Liverpool should continue under-the-radar Jurgen Klopp transfer project with FSG-friendly move. Let's see. Oscar Gluck, who is uh, an Israeli, who I'm not familiar with at all. Um, Allegedly a player worth taking a risk on. So says... Ben Boxack. I don't know, to be honest. I have no idea. Liverpool should find 17.5 million Mohamed Salah cover at World Cup to fill Divock Origi transfer void. Who's this now? Let's see. With Liverpool losing backup options like Divock Origi, the World Cup could point Julian Moore towards an ideal Mohamed Salah deputy. Andreas Skov Olsen. I do like him. I do like him. He's been really good for Club Bruges. He had a poor time at Bologna, but since he moved to Bruges, he's been really, really good. Um, he, he needs to stay there and develop, though it will be... It would be bad for himself if he was to move again, I think. I could be wrong. Jude Bellium tell Camp critical race condition as Arsenal leads second race. I don't even care. Who cares about Arsenal? Uh, Liverpool should not change. Sorry, FSG sale should not change transfer policy as Liverpool scout wonder kid who rejected them once. This is that Norwegian kid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Shreldrup um, at Nordlesjand looks outrageously gifted. He genuinely does look like an outrageous talent. Um, I, I can look forward to watching him for Brighton, I'm sure, because, you know, that's most likely where he's going to end up. Uh, the Media Digest piece doesn't seem to be working. The link seems to be broken, so we can't read that. Liverpool can conduct <clears throat> double transfer scouting mission. 
Uh, this is Ishmael Benesser. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on, maybe. But I don't know. Liverpool of new rival is Fabio Carvalho moment even more vital after Graham Potter admission. Right. Fair enough. Uh, Anfieldindex.com. New Liverpool FC owners, what do we need? This piece was put together by Mo Chatra. So give that a read when you get a chance. Why Liverpool should be looking at Manu Kone. This was written by David Davies. Uh, David Davis, I can absolutely get on board with that. Manu Kone is very, very high on my list. Why Kylian Mbappe should never be a Liverpool transfer target by Stephen Smith. Yeah, I, I kind of get on board with that because he's just too expensive. He's just far too expensive. Wages as well as, as fee. Uh, under pressure, Rhodesy and Phil Barter were away. So it was just Dan Kennett and Cy Brundish. They had a bit of a chat about Derby, a bit of a chat about Southampton, a good old chat about Darwin uh, and paid tribute to the great man, Alison Becker, so make sure you listen to that. There is another Minefield podcast coming out today, and it is about LGBTQ rights and such in Qatar and why it's important. So please, please, please make sure you give that a listen. If you haven't listened to the last one, Ethics, Responsibility and Football, make sure you listen to that one as well. There's also a Scouted coming out, uh, myself, Carl and Guy, um, had a chat about players that Liverpool well, players for you to keep an eye on, just, you know, that might be interesting or players that we should all keep an eye on that might be interested at the World Cup and players that Liverpool should keep an eye on. So players that might well fit um, or, you know, be available for a move after the World Cup. And that will do me for today, folks. Thanks as always. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.